welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, the Biden transition team has named LGBTQ White House veterans to prominent roles in the incoming administration. The murderer of a transgender teen has been sentenced to life in prison. A new poll shows LGBTQ voters did not turn out in record numbers for Donald Trump. And award-winning singer-songwriter Justin Utley recently released his new seasonal single, All is Bright, just in time for the beginning of the holiday season. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. The incoming Biden-Harris administration has tapped openly gay Carlos Elizondo to be the new White House social secretary. In his new role, he will be in charge of the White House social office and oversee all aspects of official social events in the president's residence. Elizondo has plenty of experience overseeing official social events at the White House, as during the Obama-Biden administration, he was responsible for all events hosted by then-Vice President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden. While gays certainly know how to throw a soiree, the job was more than just managing parties, as the invitees were world leaders, members of Congress, celebrities, and high-ranking dignitaries, and a simple mistake could cause a diplomatic crisis. Elizondo also served in the office of the U.S. Chief of Protocol, managing numerous state visits, including one from the Pope. It's worth noting, however, Elizondo won't be the first gay man to be the White House Social Secretary. That distinction belongs to Jeremy Bernard, who was named to the post during the Obama administration. Bernard was not only the first gay man to serve in the position, but the first man, period, to ever do so. Also in new administration news, out lesbian Karine Jean-Pierre has been named Principal Deputy Press Secretary for the Biden-Harris administration as part of the seven-member all-female communications team. Jean-Pierre played a key role in the Biden-Harris campaign as a senior advisor and was also named as Chief of Staff to the Vice President-elect, Senator Kamala Harris, which made her the first black person and first lesbian to hold that position for a vice presidential nominee. Prior to her role in the campaign, she was the Chief Public Affairs Officer for the progressive policy group MoveOn.org, as well as NBC and MSNBC political analyst. Jean-Pierre also served as regional political director for the White House Office of Political Affairs during the Obama administration and as deputy battleground states director for President Obama's 2012 re-election campaign. Biden is expected to announce more LGBTQ staffers as there were several involved in the presidential campaign. Among them... Jamal Brown, who acted as National Press Secretary, Reggie Greer, who led the outreach to LGBTQ voters, and, of course, Pete Buttigieg, the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and a contender for the Democratic nomination, who is currently working on Biden's transition team. Many believe he will be offered a significant position in the new administration. 
Four high school teachers were caught making disturbing homophobic comments about a queer colleague while students attended a class via Zoom last week. One teacher, who works at DeMont High School in New Jersey, was sharing their screen while teaching a science class via Zoom when students noticed a group chat window was open on the teacher's desktop. The New Jersey Herald reports one of the students taking part in the class took a screenshot of the group chat, which showed several teachers making homophobic comments about their colleague. Students were able to read clearly one teacher asking, Why is that kid with the gay gym teacher? Another responded, Is that her adopted kid? Who's going to be all effed up growing up watching two chicks kissing and calling them both mom? In a Facebook post, DeMont Mayor Andrew LaBruno confirmed the conversations were made between DeMont High School teachers during a Zoom chat. He described the comments as disturbing and extremely appalling. He wrote in the Facebook post, These homophobic comments do not reflect our community's values, nor do they represent our beliefs in the borough of DeMont. We are an inclusive and welcoming community. LeBruno went on to say he had reached out to school superintendent Emmanuel Trigiano to investigate the matter. LeBruno said Trigiano has assured him the incident is being taken seriously and will be thoroughly investigated. A petition to fire the homophobic teachers has been created at change.org and, as I record this, has been signed by more than 4,000 people. White House correspondent Chris Johnson reports that First Lady Melania Trump wanted to light up the White House in rainbow colors this past June in honor of LGBTQ Pride Month, but with homophobic White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows in the mix, the idea of celebrating Pride Month wasn't going to happen. It's not clear if Meadows played a direct role in torpedoing the First Lady's rainbow celebration, but according to the Washington Blade, quote, Meadows had a significant role, one Republican source said on condition of anonymity, in ensuring the Trump White House ignored Pride Month, which is why Donald Trump didn't send out a tweet to recognize the annual LGBTQ celebration as he did in 2019. The last time the White House was lit up in rainbow colors was on June 26, 2015, when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in the Obergefell v. Hodges case, which made marriage equality the law of the land. The First Lady did eventually record a video message for the log cabin Republicans in October during the height of the presidential campaign, where she declared she was shocked to discover that folks perceived her husband as anti-gay or against equality. Okay. Earlier this year, the New York Times reported several advisors in Trump's inner circles suggested he send out a tweet this year recognizing June as Pride Month. But that didn't happen. Trump did tweet out a message recognizing Pride Month in 2019, becoming the first Republican U.S. president to recognize the annual LGBTQ celebration, but that was before Meadows became chief of staff for Trump in March 2020. Prior to joining the White House, Meadows represented North Carolina's 11th congressional district, where he accrued a consistently anti-LGBTQ record. In addition to voting against the Equality Act, which would add sexual orientation and gender identity to existing federal civil rights laws, he voted in favor of prohibiting the U.S. military from paying for transition-related care for transgender service members. 
Meadows was also a vocal opponent of legalizing same-sex marriage. In a 2013 interview, he hysterically declared marriage equality would be a constitutional crisis if the U.S. Supreme Court made it a reality, which it did in 2015. He said at the time, quote, It's a huge invasion into states' rights and the state definition of marriage, whether you call it traditional marriage or natural marriage, I call it marriage, you know. It's between one man, one woman, period. Meadows consistently received a rating of zero on the Human Rights Campaign's congressional scorecard during his time in the House. 21-year-old Andrew Verba, a man convicted of murdering a Missouri transgender woman in 2017, will spend the rest of his life behind bars. A judge sentenced him last week to life in prison without parole. Local NBC News affiliate KY3 reports that Verba, who was convicted of first-degree murder, armed criminal action, and abandonment of a corpse this past August, will also serve a concurrent 20-year sentence for the armed criminal action conviction. Verba is one of four suspects now serving a prison sentence for the murder of 17-year-old Ali Steinfeld, in September 2017. The three others connected to the killing already pled guilty and had begun serving their terms. Steinfeld went missing for four weeks before her remains were found in a rural area about 70 miles east of Springfield, Missouri. Forensics reports showed her attackers, warning folks, this is graphic, gouged out her eyes before stabbing her multiple times, including in the genitals. Verba confessed to the crime during an interrogation by investigators. Testimony by Verba revealed that he had considered killing Steinfeld prior to the murder and that he had discussed poisoning her with his girlfriend, Brianna Calderas. He also texted Calderas after the homicide, notifying her of the murder. Calderas later confessed to her role in the crime after Steinfeld's remains were found near her home. Police officials are still unable to discern a motive in the killing. Although there's evidence she was targeted due to her gender identity, the authorities refuse to investigate the murder as a hate crime. Award-winning singer-songwriter Justin Utley recently released his first seasonal single, All Is Bright, just in time for the beginning of the holiday season. In All Is Bright, the two-time Out Music award-winning recording artist shares how even during these dark and tumultuous times, there's still a silver lining. In a statement, he said, The pandemic has brought people closer together. There's nothing like spending time surrounded by the people who matter most, even if it's over Zoom. All Is Bright is about bringing people together to celebrate something meaningful and special. He adds, I wanted to write a song for the holidays that didn't have lyrical ties to a specific tradition since we all value different aspects of this time of year. The upbeat, guitar-driven track offers a perfect setting for Utley's robust and effortless vocals. Utley describes his anthemic pop-rock song as a little bit of Lumineers, Mumford & Sons, mixed in with a lot a bit of Justin. As in earlier releases, Utley shows he instinctively knows his way to a catchy, feel-good pop chorus. Born and raised in Utah, his music career took off when he was selected to perform at the 2002 Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City. His single, Stand for Something, won Best Country Folk Song of the Year at the 2010 Out Music Awards. 
He's also been named Artist of the Year by SiriusXM's OutQ Radio. Definitely add All is Bright to your holiday playlist. A new poll of voters from the November presidential election shows that, contrary to previous reports, Donald Trump did not receive record support from the LGBTQ community. In fact, it tied with his record low. An early exit poll from the Edison Research for the National Election Pool claimed 28% of polled LGBTQ voters had cast their ballot for Trump in 2020. But, according to GLAAD, the world's largest LGBTQ media advocacy organization, Trump's reportedly historic LGBTQ support for a Republican presidential candidate was based on a flawed study that used a low sample size. Analysis of the poll revealed the sample size of queer voters was significantly smaller than originally suggested, only 250 respondents. GLAD's own poll, with more than three times that sample size, found only 14% of LGBTQ voters cast their vote for Trump, while 81% voted for President-elect Joe Biden. The previous high for Republican presidential candidates was 27% for John McCain in 2008, followed by George W. Bush at 23% in 2004, which was closely followed by Mitt Romney's 22% in 2012. Glad's poll also found the significant turnout of LGBTQ voters had an impact on the overall outcome of the race, 25% of whom were first-time voters. The GLAD poll found queer voters had three main issues as their top concerns as they cast their votes. Number one was the global pandemic, which was rated the top issue by 54% of queer voters. Healthcare was the second top-rated issue at 25%, and racial justice was a close third with 22%. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. I'm going to close this episode with Justin Utley's new holiday single, All is Bright. Just a few reminders. Please wear a face mask in public, wash your hands a lot, practice social distancing, and take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.
Constellation that was destined to be. 